Welcome to the Naturally Healthy Pets podcast. Let's get to it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm really happy to have as my guest today, Dr. Connor Brady, because when he and I start talking about things, sometimes we go really off the rails and we have way too much fun. So just excuse us if we start having a party. Uh, so uh, Today, we're going to talk about monsters within the rapidly advancing world of canine probiotics, which it is changing literally every week. So for those of you who do not know Dr. Connor Brady, he's a full-time writer, speaker, and dedicated advocate for natural canine feeding and health. And you can find a lot of his work at dogsfirst.ie because he's based in Ireland. And he has the most phenomenal book that came out in 2020 called Feeding Dogs Dry or Raw, The Science Behind the Debate. Um, and he says it's for the nerds, but let me tell you that there's so much fact versus fiction in this book. And he backs up what he's talking about with studies and facts and science, which we need more and more of that because we're, you know, climbing this hill, this uphill battle. Uh, he lives in Ireland with his two daughters, Holly and Zoe, and his wife, Elaine. And he's a proud father to a slightly or very odd blue roan cocker called Dudley. And he says that what Dudley lacks in brains and finesse, he makes up with single-minded determination, although that statement is equally true for both of us. Connor, thanks for go. joining me. Love it, Judy. I love being here. I'm just itching to go, as always. I get uh, energized thinking about coming on. I love it. Good. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, probiotics, which means that first we need to talk about gut flora. So for those who haven't been on this bandwagon talking about microbiome and gut flora and all of that, which we frankly, we never talked about before the past few years. Yeah. And uh, when my mother was sick in the hospital with GI stuff, and I brought up microbiome and gut flora, the, the surgeon kind of his eyes crossed and he looked at me like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. what, what are you even talking about? Yeah. And this was a year ago. So, uh, you know, not like it was in the stone ages. We should be getting yeah. on board. So just give everybody a little bit of background of, wh of what gut flora is, what it does, why we should care. <laughs> I was on the way back from, uh, I was just at the gym, just dropping that in. So I was at the gym and I'm on the way back and they give you a free apple. And I was eating the apple and um, the apple was absolutely delicious. I think, oh, this is gorgeous. The nicest apple I've ever had in my life. And it was because it was sweet. It was a sweet apple. And the re so let's start with the sweetness. Okay, so I've just, just back from a week's holiday in Spain. And we, uh, when you're on holidays, you know, you're just, you're just pumping cocktails, anesthetizing yourself because it's kids for a solid week. And you come <laughs> back with this, and you're eating junk food and you come back with this uh, need for sugar, terrible sweet tooth, and everyone's switched on. And it's very hard to get back on your diet after those first two, three, four days at home. I just ate rings around me, ate anything with sugar in it in the house. That was gone after the first day or two. Can I have a honey sandwich? Can, can adults do that? I don't know if you do that over there, but it was a treat as a kid over here. And I'm like, just sugar, sugar, sugar. So what, what is that? Okay, some people think they have a sweet tooth. What you have is an, a, a chemical kind of drive for more sugar. Okay, it's like, I need sugar now. And so you can switch it on and it takes a few weeks to switch it off before uh, it's, 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 you get back onto your good diet and you enjoy a salad as much as you did that apple in the car. 
And so what is that? That is your gut flora. As you as you feed, you feed a certain wolf inside you, and uh, you've got. And as you feed more and more sugar, you will shift your gut flora, and you will get a group of bacteria that will sit there and go, "Yeah, we love sugar, nom nom nom." And whatever bacteria you feed grows, and so suddenly you'll start to grow this gut flora that just starts to demand sugar. And how it does that is unbelievable. How your gut flora steers you like a puppeteer is unbelievable. They release compounds. Uh, or cut off the flow of compounds in some cases, uh, compounds that relax you or release compounds that make you agitated. So you go and get the thing that you want. Great study out of France. I'll come back to what a general good floor is in a second, but a great study out of France was uh, in, al- in not alcoholics, big drinkers. And they gave them probiotics for a month and they found a huge decrease in, in most of them, huge decrease in drinking uh, just from taking probiotics. Because for all we know, it's the sugar in the booze that's making us really want the booze. Like, do you really want that glass of wine at six o'clock? Is it really the glass of wine you want or is it the sugar that's in it? And mm-hmm. so your body can con you. Uh, and it's the same with colic in babies. They found colic all have the same bacteria. And now they believe that that terrible pain that babies are feeling, what do, what do, what do you do when the baby's screaming at you relentlessly? You feed it. And if you feed them, particularly bottle-fed babies, but if you feed them, you get a high sugar content. And it could be that the bacteria is demanding that sugar and it orchestrates a crying baby because nobody leaves crying. Yeah, and so they're all overweight and they all have the same shifting bacteria. Dogs in a, in a, in a, in a fight, they all have the same bacteria, but it's not food it's stress related so the point is probe uh, gut flora is are all these different organisms in your gut not just bacteria but yeasts and protozoan things single cell things that swim around and uh, even viruses they all play a role in this kind of melee that we've got maybe one and a half two kilos of in weight we're like 10 times genes wise we're 10 times more bacteria than we are human from a genome point of view so we've wow. got this huge amount of it, and dogs have whatever amount inside them as well slightly different gut flora to us but that gut flora is really important it's like a garden and you got to keep those guys happy okay so a lot of them give you beneficial compounds di- digest all your food um they um they they are play a role in huge amounts of health. They actually fix your gut lining, everything. So keeping your gut flora happy, all these different organisms in balance. Although we don't really know what that balance is, we just they just sort it out amongst themselves by feeding a good diet and being healthy and not stressed and all the things we kind of know we should be doing. Keeping them happy results in good health. When you don't keep them happy and they shift into this negative state, this dysbiotic state, as I had with this sugar demanding gut, uh, you don't stay healthy. Suddenly, this group that grows. He's not a beneficial bacteria. In fact, he just poos everywhere and creates inflammation <laughs> and toxins. He doesn't care about digesting your food or giving you vital nutrients or head soothing compounds. He's just a bit more of a parasite than a than a good guy, you know. So that's my introduction to to gut flora. Um, yeah, there you go. That is so cool because uh, I personally do not like sugar. I don't like the taste of sugar, and I don't I don't eat sweets like cakes and cookies and pies. Like it just has zero attraction to me. However, if I have a couple of martinis, then all of a sudden I want ice cream and not only ice cream, but all the toppings that, you know, like put the sprinkles, put the the (laughs) syrup, you know, put all that, just more and more and more sugar. So it's really, I mean, it's so true and it's very interesting how that sets up that craving and man next time that happens i'm gonna have a little conversation with the guys down below and say yeah you're not driving this train that's very that's very cool um so so basically our the the micro 
biome or the gut flora can get really screwed up by what we eat, what we're taking in. So how do our dogs or pets get a screwed up microbiome? Like what are some of the things that contribute to that? Oh, well, we have uh, the studies are in uh, and we know that feeding um, kibble, you know, chemically preserved dry food alters the gut flora. Now, we can say that has a negative result on health because that's an enormous study. The, the implications of changing the gut flora is you need millions of animals and tested and, and controlled because of diet. So it's very hard to imply what a shift in gut flora means for uh, large populations of animals. But we do know that uh, kibble compared to raw fed dogs, when you switch them over and back, it changes their gut flora. The poo comes out and you measure the poo. Very simple to do. In fact, those biome tests that they sell to, to check your gut flora to see where they are, they actually only analyze about 20% of your gut flora. The other 80% of your gut flora is dark matter. They haven't a clue what it is. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and so, uh, but they look at 20% and they say, this is what your gut flora is like. And so we know from eating things like chemically reserved kibble, because, you know, kibble uh, uh, has chemical preservatives in it that is, is like um, chemical napalm, essentially. And it's to kill all the bacteria in the product so things don't grow in it for a year or two, three years. I've found it behind, you know, couches and it's just been there for three years. Uh, and so, but uh, pro, and raw dog food can can um, can restore kind of um, a, a more beneficial, more varied is what they would say, more species rich gut flora. So that's one thing. But other products will do it. I mean, what's the effect of feeding canned where they've already eliminated the life, uh, you know, cooked and processed? You've got all different foods coming out, all different types of ways of preserving it, natural preservatives. What effect do they have in your gut flora? We really don't know, but they all do affect it. In fact, even taking probiotics. Just to give a quick spiel on what the word probiotic is, probiotic means biotic that's needed for life, pro, okay, so it's for life, it's needed. So you've got prebiotics, which is the food they eat, and essentially anything is a prebiotic, no matter what you eat, a martini is a prebiotic, anything that you give to your gut, something will eat it and grow, so everything's a prebiotic, there's some cool ones you can give when they've got diarrhea and stuff, probiotic means for life, and the new word is postbiotic, what they produce, right. they're the really beneficial, cool things, so when we're talking about how we take bacteria probiotics later on, the the really cool way to take them now is a is a is a cup with some full fat probiotic yogurt, live probiotic yogurt if you can buy it that way, full fat plain probiotic yogurt, and a bit of water, and you put your probiotic in that. You open up your capsule, it might only be half a capsule for your dog, and you leave it sitting at room temperature for thirty minutes or an hour, and what you're growing is you activate the bacteria because you have to wake them up. They're freeze dried. Uh, Okay, so there's no point taking a freeze-dried capsule because you're to, they have to get to the gut and wake up. And the speed of the dog's digestive system, we want this thing to be firing in the small intestines. So you put it in the liquid and they wake up and then they get to eating the food, nom, 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 nom. And then they grow and then they exude out all their amazing compounds. And then you give it to your dog 30 minutes before they have their dinner because people put their probiotics on the food and the gut flora just napalm, the, the gut acidity just napalms them. Okay, we're trying to get the troops mm -hmm. to the guns. So you put them in the liquid, you let the dog drink the liquid before dinner. And so the stomach doesn't hold on to liquids. Off you go, guys, straight to the intestines, and you get this massive release of life. It's a numbers game. So, um, so Interesting. that's, yeah, so the, the probiotic bit comes from what you eat, also how you eat it and, and when you eat it, that kind of thing. And what you really want is those postbiotics. And so we grow them in a cup, making a little fermented drink, as Billy Hochul would be delighted to, to hear. Uh, and you make this little fermented drink, but you make them drink it beforehand for bacterial products and for humans. That's the way to take them. 
That is really interesting. I have never heard that before. So I've been putting probiotics Ooh, in my in my dog's food. So yeah. probably wasteful. Um, and luckily, my dogs are all pretty dang healthy. Um, and they're raw fed, so shocking. Yeah. Um, but that's that's really interesting. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, I got to get some, you know, good yogurt or I mean, can so could you put them in? So you're talking about yogurt, but you're and you're talking about a liquid. So could you take your capsule and put it in bone broth and let that kind of yeah. ferment and do it? So anything like that? Yeah. Ooh. Oh uh, yeah. man. Now my and dogs are going to be really thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> and and what you put them in is going to grow certain communities because other communities might be putting the yogurt and they'll go, I don't want to grow in this, uh, and mm. other communities will blossom as a result. So if you leave it on different surfaces and different temperatures, everything you'll grow. You've got three hundred species of bacteria in your guts. So when you know what what probiotics we're taking is very interesting because at the moment there's a lot of canine probiotics and there's human probiotics and we know the dogs are quite different in the gut flora department because they're highly meat eatery and we right. eat more plants and so of course they're going to look different and their their guts are smooth and they've no dead ends to hold the material which bacteria like because then they can ferment the food dogs just have a straight pipe whoop straight through because they're supposed to be eating meat all the time and so their gut flora is different but it turns out uh, identified for me by a professor in, in 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 biotics and she said oh yeah there's no such thing as canine probiotics in, in the talk that we were doing and i'm like well you know i'm the dog person of course there is that they've they have to be different and she goes well they are different but they're different in anaerobic bacteria bacteria that don't like oxygen and so we can only make probiotics with two main groups lactobacillus and bifido which everybody's heard of these two groups they're in your yogurt and they're the two groups that like oxygen and so we can only make them in oxygenated laboratories and they're sold in oxygenated pet shops and oxygenated kitchens. So you can't make anaerobic bacteria pills because they'll die. So it turns out that the human probiotics and canine probiotics are very, very similar. If anything, the human probiotics are made better. More specifically, you can buy probiotics for mood enhancement, for you know everything from kidney disease to uh, just basic broad spectrum probiotics for IBD. And so often there's a picture of a dog in the front, but how specific is it to dogs? Well, any of the information that say, oh, for dogs with IBD, that comes from the human realm. The human ones are often better made. They're about a third of the price. They're available locally. Uh, and so I'm not, I'm not absolutely stuck on the idea of you have to feed a canine probiotic because, you know, have they actually geared that up for a, for a dog? Less likely that they have. Um, it's some of the really best-selling probiotics in the human health shops are probably better probiotics, and I often use them. I just recovered Dudley from diarrhea. He came, I came back from Spain, brown liquid diarrhea coming out mm. of the dog. So all the dogs had it in there. My brother's dog was in there. She had it, a, a particularly impressive golden retriever, brown liquid. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? I don't want to give this dog anything. So I said, I'll ignore it, first of all. That's the first tactic. And uh, just keep, I just fed her. I, I skipped a meal. I skipped a meal with Dudley and fed him that night, brown liquid all over the kitchen before in the morning. I said, okay, I've got to address this. Or So I skipped his food for the day. Okay, I started him for 24 hours and just gave him his probiotic in the liquid, in the liquid yogurt. I swear to God, within two days, the, the dog was back on track. I took a picture of his poo, his stools two days ago, perfect stools. After just two days, my my brother's golden retriever is still pooing liquid, and so the this this idea of using any it was a human probiotic from the fridge. We use we get um, uh, what's the name of the probiotic? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's very popular over here. So that was just a human probiotic, and it did the trick because my brother's dog is is not recovering. So it's interesting that I probably wouldn't pay too much for the dog varieties myself. 
Interesting. Well, you know, and we have lots of different options here as well. All right. We need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about things other than bacteria that we use. And I want to talk, touch on the role of probiotics as far as behavior with our pets, because that's kind of a biggie. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. One of our favorite guest lecturers is Dr. Connor Brady. Founder of Dogs First, Dr. Brady is a highly trained researcher working specifically in natural pet care. He's passionate about helping dog lovers get to the root cause of their issues to avoid the constant cycle of going back to the vet for meds that only suppress symptoms. Dr. Connor's four courses are now available on drjudyu.com, and you can enjoy 10% off his courses using code PODCAST12 when purchasing canine allergy, behavior, the colossal role of nutrition, what do dogs eat, carnivore or omnivore, and the complete myth. Okay, so uh, we kind of, you mentioned that uh, probiotics uh, or the gut flora is made up of not just bacteria, but also yeast and fungi and viruses and protozoa. There's a lot of things that go in there. Um, But one of the things that now people have started talking about is um, S. boulardii. And so can we talk about that and what it might be used for and, you know, studies that you might've seen, why is this now something that seems to be beneficial and when would we use it? That's amazing. This uh, soil-based probiotics, SBOs, that's what people will call them. They're amazing. They they kind of first messing, started messing around with them 10, 20 years ago, Irish UK soils, and they started using them for all different things. So Espilardi is actually a yeast. And so people wonder, can I take this with a yeast infected dog? Absolutely. This particular yeast is a, a probiotic, is, is for life. It's, it's beneficial for us because it releases compounds that kills bad bacteria. And so, you know, fungi and, and bacteria hate each other. That's how we found out about antibiotics, the place and the, the fungi was keeping the bacteria at bay, but not touching it. How did it do it? It was pumping chemicals into the environment. We take those chemicals and we make antibiotics. So now we have a natural antibiotic in Espilardi. And so you can take Espilardi in a capsule. You don't have to feed that in the liquid kind of idea because nothing kills yeast, as you know, as, you're, as a vet. So you just put it on top of the food and the dog can take it. And the yeast will hang around inside the dog's digestive system for a little while because it's not where he wants to live. But while there, they release compounds that kill only bad bacteria, not even the good guys. And now they believe it's actually very specific to the types of salmonella that it kills, which is even more um, anyway. So I'm thinking, okay, we they were using it as a Espilardi with a really gut sick dog, gastroenteritis, and these, you know, really troublesome IBS, IBD cases. At the very start, they'd say, right, give Espilardi to weed the garden, and then you do your bacterial probiotic to seed the garden. I thought that's cool. So now my advice for these particularly troubled gut ideas is like, okay, let's just pop, pop in Espilardi and see what happens. Give that for a week, and then we move on to the bacterial probiotics for two weeks. I don't give the probiotics for too long, by the way. Healthy dogs don't need probiotics. Dogs and healthy fresh dogs do not need probiotics. In fact, a study shows that putting in probiotics shifts the gut flora as well. So you really don't know what you're doing here. This is dark arts. We use these things like medicines and then we stop and then the gut flora will, will get back on track. So that's what Espilardi does, but it does way more than that. It does, uh, so it works with dogs with uh, IBD, IBS type ID, uh, issues. Uh, it kills other bad yeasts. Uh, it decreases inflammation, probably because it kills the baddies. It works for Giardia. Massive study in Giardia. Listen to this in a study in Giardia. 
eight groups of animals, reading this off the corner of my screen, eight groups of animals with Giardia infection, I think there's about 20 in each group, a reduction of approximately 90% in the parasitic load was observed in all treated groups. That's unbelievable. 90%. Which is, which is so amazing because I can't tell you how many times in practice we get puppies coming from puppy mills or pet stores or, you know, not good environments. And they're coming in with Giardia and we treat them with all the, you know, napalm chemicals and they just come back again and again yeah. and again and then we end up with every animal in the household infected sometimes we end up with the people infected yeah, and it is such a problem yeah and if we could get rid of 90 percent of the parasitic load by using something that the body likes yeah th that's that's huge it's just um, incredible so now we've started with animals that are taking antibiotics um, S. Bilardi is one of the things that I've had people use because it, it's going to keep those bad guys in check, which when you give an antibiotic, you kill a lot of the good guys and the bad guys kind of go, oh, we're taking over, okay, which is why yeah. we get things like C. diff and, you know, that yeah. kills kills people. Um, interesting. So how do you recommend if it if an animal is placed on antibiotics which we know is going to destroy the gut microbiome by the way there's a lot of other medications that also destroy destroy the gut microbiome which is why we try to avoid them um how do you recommend uh if somebody has an animal that's is either on antibiotics or has just finished a course of antibiotics how do they repopulate the gut or is there something you recommend doing while they are on the drugs yeah, like you know, non-vet here, guys. I mean, Dr. Connor Brady, but like it's yeah, um, but he does yeah. all this, this all yeah. this research. Yeah. so you, you I read did. all the and studies. I, I have the 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 people that know more about this would say, like the 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 science is in, it's done. That they know feeding probiotics with antibiotics is a very very good idea, but not together. So they separate them out morning and night. Or if you have to take your antibiotics, they separate them by as much as you can. So you keep the probiotics away from the antibiotics and deliver them in liquid form. So um, it is a very good idea to be taking probiotics with antibiotics. I can share the study later, just a just a CMA and cover my bottom. But um, it's it is uh, definitely the way to do it. At uh, the second after that, it will be well. You've got to dry up the dog and make sure that you know she, he's healthy and can take food. So sometimes the first couple of days, whatever works to get, to shore up this poo. I just gave the dog a boiled chicken because I I am um, I made broth from a carcass, so he just got that, and that worked a treat because I know he likes chicken. But you guys can use turkey, whatever. But after a couple of days, then the trick is to vary the diet. So put in a few little uh, varying ingredients because again, you're trying to replenish that gut flora. So you don't just feed one diet for three or four weeks. You're trying to move the diet around one. Once you get that gut back under control, you start to move the diet around and you're, you're feeding different communities and you start to de develop a more robust gut flora because it takes a long time to get over antibiotics. Sometimes you can keep the, the changes for life. Uh, pregnant women can pass them on to infants as uh, a shift of gut flora. Uh, probiotics can do the same thing. But so, yeah, so I'd recommend that I'm giving the probiotics for a certain amount of time and stopping. So I was giving them for a week or two and then just stop with the probiotics. Uh, but varying the diet is probably the way to do it. Focusing on the prebiotics. What do these guys like to eat? That's what grows them. You know, um, putting in a probiotic with six or seven groups of bacteria in there. Sure, what do we know that the gut needs? Maybe you've just moved in 20 plumbers when they needed electricians. You know, you can't just move <laughs> one type of people into a housing estate, as we know. You know, so these have like, they have a very set way of doing things. There's things in charge and you just go dump in the wrong groups of bacteria as much as you thought they were friends. So that's that'd be my advice for the for the diarrhea and antibiotic kind of dog. Yeah. 
That's really interesting. I recently had to take a round of antibiotics, which I rarely, rarely do. Um, it was one of those desperation situations. But in yeah. reading the insert about the antibiotic, it's it actually talked about it could cause GI problems, like wiping out your gut, uh, even months after you take the drug. So it's really wow. interesting that you say it can cause a shift you know, that could last yeah. your whole life. But it's it's really interesting that this particular drug insert actually said that problems could occur while on the drug, but could even show up months and months and months That's later. Mad. So I never yeah. read the insert for an antibiotic. You just like you just I never read the insert for an antibiotic. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why I read this one, but uh, you know, it was kind of one of those like things that was in yeah. bold and I and yeah. and I Frankly, I'm very nervous about antibiotics uh, because I know what it can do to the gut microbiome. Yeah. And we actually had a family member who died from C. diff from taking antibiotics for a dental infection. Wow. So, wow. you know, it's a reality. It can happen. So don't take them lightly. Don't give them to your pets. Yeah. Lightly. Not, not to mention the fact that we have antibiotic resistance from yeah. overuse of antibiotics that are not needed, blah, blah, blah. So whatever you can do to work on things yeah. naturally. Go the, for it. the antibiotic yeah. resistance thing is huge. Like, you know, um, to run, if I can run with that for a second, like the, sure. A lot of, when we hear of antibiotic resistance and taking too much antibiotics, we often think of the humans are doing it. There's ads on the radio, stop taking so much antibiotics. And it's like, well, we didn't buy them in the shop. We got them from a doctor. So that's the first <laughs> kind of you know, breaking wall that didn't work. But um, you, people put pressure on their doctors and it works, you know, that's why you have ads for drugs. Uh, so uh, that, but, more importantly, uh, most of the antibiotic resistance is coming from uh, agriculture. So they, they grow animals in dire, dire situations, and then they use very low doses of antibiotics to keep them alive and as much disease-free as possible to get the chicken to 10 weeks or 11 weeks of age, and then they kill it. So, but they don't use lots of antibiotics. They use a little amount. So you've got dogs or you've got chickens in concentration camps fed tiny, tiny low doses of uh, antibiotics. That's the perfect place to develop antibiotic resistance. And so all this um, poo from, from chicken houses and, and pig, piggeries and, and place for cat, cattle, the CAFOs, collect, they can't put it in the storage pits, so they collect them in ponds and whatnot. These are notoriously great places for developing bad bacteria. And on top of that, you feed the animals the wrong food. So when you rear a cow on, grain like corn and wheat that's not stuff the cow's supposed to be eating she's supposed to be eating grass they've got 300 times the salmonella load in CAFOs than they have in pasture-fed animals so you get this meat that's kind of dirty and 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 high bacterial load so antibiotic resistance is a big problem and some of the solutions to that are in probiotics there's a brilliant story that was passed to me by uh, Kavanaugh Joe Kavanaugh from Ingenious Probiotics plug for his website I've nothing to do with them but you're going to enjoy reading this stuff and he tells me the story about the Amish community where um, they were making, they had this, you know, uh, creamery and dairy and whatever, and they've cleaned down the machines and a member of the FDA, good old FDA, was standing there watching them do their, when they're finished. And when they're finished, they take out some kind of milk and start washing down their machines. And the guy from the FDA goes, what are you doing? You've just cleaned your machines. And he was saying, oh, no, we're sterilizing them now with probiotic way wash. And the guy goes, what? You're, what are you talking about? He goes, whey wash. After we squish cheese and the, and the whey wash comes out, that's all full of lactobacillus and bifido. And they cover their machines in that. And they put a protective probiotic coating on the outside. Which, so bad bacteria can't even get a look in. It's just good guys. So if any food awesome. was to land or be left over, you just grow more good guys. Companies like uh, Answers Pet Food took advantage of this idea. And, and a lot of food companies where they put probiotics into the food. So 
in trials of some meat products, your beef mince gets cleaner the longer you leave it out at room temperature. I mean, it's just mind-blowing stuff. Anyway, <laughs> this this story evolves into the some guy heard about it, and they have a big problem in Manhattan and a few of these other, other places where they've huge... Uh, uh, you know, buildings with aircon, and the aircon blows cold air into in on top of people, but cold air gathers moisture, and you don't want moisture air because you get listeria. So they had these big dirty tubes, and they wanted to clean them, and you can't put chemicals through them anymore. And so, what could we do? Well, now they blow probiotics through the air, based on this idea that they learned from the Irish community, and the guys that thought of that idea made billions. But now they're washing hospitals in them, and an enormous study out of Italy, unbelievable study. Again, I'll send it on to you. Impact of probiotic-based um, um, cleaning intervention on the microbiota ecosystem of hospital surfaces. And what they found was that the probiotic, uh, the probiotic wash, it took a couple of weeks for it to, to all take it, was 80 to 90% better uh, compared to conventional cleaning disinfectants. The results showed that the bacillus spores, called probiotics, have the ability to germinate and sit on the surfaces. And it induced a profound abatement of the non-succomal pathogens on hospital surfaces. Most importantly, it reduced antibiotic-resistant genes originally present in the microbiota of the treated surfaces, an impressive decrease. So it started reducing the bad, the, the bacterial resistance. You know, there's four of the six hospital infections that really lay you out. This thing, wow. this was the way to do it. And I thought, oh, so no more need. And the guy that owns this website I just mentioned, he came from an industrial cleaning background. He goes, like, you guys are spraying your surface with antibacterial. He goes, when that dries in 10 minutes, what do you think that happens to the surface? It's just dry molecules. It blows into the dust of your house, which study shows cats and dogs are much higher in because their nose to the ground. Uh, and then the surface is free to, to, to be recolonated by the bacteria you thought you were sorting out. I remember my baby was walking across the ground after I washed the floor in a cleaning fluid and the, the dody drops out of her mouth. And I'm like, don't put that back in your mouth. I'm thinking, how crazy is that? I just washed the floor and I don't want her putting her back in her mouth. So these guys, this industrial cleaner, Joe, he sells probiotic cleaning fluids. So now dogs with allergies and, you know, really hypersensitive dogs, her skin's in bits, and you're washing your house with antibacterial wash, that is not helping her skin floor get back on track. So when you're trying to rehab a recurring skin ear condition of the dogs, it's like stop washing your floors and antibacterial, stop washing their beds and antibacterial, stop with the antibacterial and move to probiotic floor cleaners, probiotic wound washes. You know, why, why would you, you know, probiotic ear cleaners, probiotic everything. I just, it blew me away. So the probiotic cleaning is the next frontier for antibiotic resistance and for agriculture. So cool yeah, yeah i you know the, uh, there's been great studies that show that uh children who are brought up in like super clean houses where you know there's no animals and everything is scrubbed to within the you know the end of its life yeah uh, those children actually develop a lot more allergy problems yeah. as as they grow and i look at my, my kids gosh. who grew up in a barn with lots of animals yeah. in the house and lots of animals yeah. outside and you know they yeah. probably you know ate manure sandwiches while they were in the <laughs> barn because their hands were always filthy and you know what? They yeah. don't have allergy problems and, yeah. you know, yeah. they did pretty well. So, you know, yay yeah. me for being the mom who didn't have the antiseptic house. So manure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sandwiches, I don't know. There has to be a line somewhere. But <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Connor, I can't believe it. We're out of time. You are always such a wealth of information. So for anybody listening, I highly recommend uh, Dr. Brady's book, 
feeding dogs dry or raw the science behind the debate you can get it on amazon i'm pretty sure it's on his website as well um it's it took me a little while to get through it because it's long and there's just so much information uh but you know i'm one of those people it, 75 post-it notes and highlighters in five different colors and i i just i just love it and then the other thing that you've been working on uh, is a whole bunch of online courses. Yeah. Uh, give us a quick little um, one minute rundown on what you've got available because we, we are also going to have all that available on Dr. Judy Yu. Delighted you asked because uh, we didn't get to talk about behavior. My doctorate oh, was yeah. an effective nutrition on behavior and probiotics is half that lecture. So that was one of the first ones that you guys have. You'll have it up on your website there. Um, and so my behavior webinar is becoming particularly, pop particularly popular. So that's getting longer and longer. It's about two and a half hours now. But about one and a half hours of that is the role of the gut flora and how awesome. they pull all those mechanisms and the chemicals they release. So thank God you mentioned that because I really hope people will check that one out. It's 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 interesting. Uh, not enough people talking about the role of you know poor quality food and behavior exactly. in dogs. We're feeding them dry food and expecting them to take in their lessons. It's like kids twenty minutes after a birthday party, you know. And now you're going to do your homework <laughs> with them. I mean, those kids should be outside and lock the door. That's what dry food does, in my opinion. Uh, so the behavior one, the allergy one as well, is my other kind of um, the most popular one. And the allergy one is for dogs with recurring skin ear and gut conditions which is the top one two three reasons for visiting the vet today and there can be such a simple solution but it needs to be done in a particular way as you know yourself it's not just jumping to one food and, and crossing your fingers there's a set way to go through that that is very simple very easy to do at home and it's going to save you a fortune some of these people can have spent 10 15 20 oh, grand yeah. on the vet and it's like my god just drug after drug after drug to, to focus on the symptoms a lot of that stuff is like a little house on fire. You got to get the get the holes in the house. So those two courses are my are my babies of twenty twenty three. But I am hoping to do more and more as I see you and uh, everybody else that's doing. It's like okay, I want to start putting my content out that way. So yeah, I mean, course. you have all this all this knowledge, all this information, and it's so incredible incredibly good and more people need access to it. So dogsfirst.ie is the website. He's also on Facebook and Instagram, which is Dogs First Ireland. And his book is just a gold mine of information. And uh, Connor, keep doing what you're doing because I love it. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the chance. That's great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another great Naturally Healthy Pets episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for some helpful links. And if you enjoy the show, please be sure to follow and listen for free on your favorite podcast app. We value your feedback and would love to hear from you on how we're doing. Visit drjudymorgan.com for healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, upcoming events, and other fantastic resources. Until next time, keep giving your pet the vibrant life they deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. It is no substitute for professional care by a veterinarian, licensed nutritionist, or other qualified professional. You're encouraged to do your own research and should not rely on this information as professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Dr. Judy and her guests express their own views, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets neither endorses or opposes any particular view discussed here.